We believe this year is, um, is gonna be an amazing, powerful year, and I have no idea why, but what I do know is the word established is going to be an important and significant word for our church this year. I wanna show you Colossians chapter two, verses six and seven. Paul says this, so then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord. So you can leave that up really quick. Pause for a second. That is speaking of salvation, which by the way happened for so many of you just last year in our church. Salvation is essentially God establishing a new permanent position in your life that is called new creation or in Christ or saved or forgiven or undefeated whatever one of those synonyms that you prefer. And just so we're all on the same page, when God establishes you into a new position, you don't gotta work to keep yourself in that position or else this would be religion and not Christianity. This is, this is not your power. This is God's power at work. This is not a contract that is correlated to your consistency or lack thereof. This is a covenant signed in, in his blood sealed and delivered and heaven forever is just the start, just the beginning of it, amen? No, it's just the greatest news in the universe, guys. Don't worry about it. Once you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him, being rooted and built up in him. And here it is, say it with me, established in the faith just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. Continue to walk with him. I love that word continue because the older I get, I'm learning anybody can start stuff. Anybody can start growing their hair out. Ask Ethan, any of these knuckleheads can start growing their hair out, but only a few can continue through the persecution and years of awkward phases and shampoo inflation to reap the reward and take hold of the, the splendor of what you see when Ethan's up here. Can you continue? Anybody can start. Anybody can begin this Christian journey. I'm wondering, can you continue it when the going gets tough and when you don't see fruit and you don't feel God? Because like Paul says, as you continue, as you continue, God establishes something within you. And so here's how I will explain that. Back in 2018, when we moved here to start this church, we rented out an apartment in the domain that doubled as an office because Whole Foods was uh, not really having us officing there eight hours every single day. I know, and I'm, I'm like, I really, I gave you $28, you gave me kale. I should be allowed to live here if I want to, Whole Foods. And on this particular afternoon, we're in our apartment slash office and the devil is just chirping and whispering every lie and every doubt and every fear that you can imagine. And it's working. And we start to doubt every decision that we had made. It was one of those afternoons where your soul is just so dramatic, kind of yelling like, God, why did we, why did you have us do this? Why do we leave salaries and jobs and friends and families and seasons? And it's so hot here and it's not gonna work anyways. Nobody here, by the way, is qualified to do this. A total dumb and dumber moment. We got no food. We got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off. We got no building, even if we did, we don't got people to put in the building. And I just spent the last of our money on kale and I'm still hungry. Like, 
is there a way to hit Command Z on major life decisions? How do you do that? And, and then uh, Corey Miller um, turned on worship. Of course he did. <laughs> and um, I'll never forget worshiping for two hours in that small apartment slash office. And I will never forget what he said after because our praise broke something. And our, our, our worship shifted the atmosphere. And then Corey said, now the devil knows that we're here and we're not going anywhere. Oh, we're here and we're not going anywhere. And to me, that is what the word established feels like. There is a permanence. There's a dependability and an authority to the word establish. That my, my faith used to be fragile, it's not anymore. Because I've established some roots growing down into the promises of God. I'm not building this thing on the sand. I'm building this thing on the rock. And if you don't mind this morning, I just feel like trash talking the devil for just a little bit because he's, yeah, he's good at what he does, but he's also a moron because he chose fear over love and his kingdom over God's. And he shows up whispering, wanting to take every one of us down with him. Just so you know, not every thought that pops into your mind is from you or from God. And you have all the authority in Christ Jesus to tell it what to do and where to go. And so like devil, you can show up and whisper your lies and even bring despair, but my soul is anchored in something called hope. And with my God, even mourning eventually turns into dancing. There has never been a night a sunrise hasn't conquered. And so darkness, you can take every cheap shot that you want, but I am, my faith is established into the name that makes you tremble. And the kingdom of light is here, amen. And in this world, Red Rocks, we will have trouble. It's a guarantee. Jesus promised it, but his church is here and it's not going anywhere. My question is, what about you? What about you? Like Paul said, as you continue, you become rooted and built up and established in your faith. And that is my prayer for you this year. Because when you become established in your faith, things don't have to become easier this year for you to get better this year. Don't wait for things to get easier for you to get better. So we're gonna kick off this established series with a sermon called Experience God. Experience God. So I'll tell you the thing you don't need in the age of information is more information. You're here not to hear a, a TED talk or do Christian karaoke. That's what this is, minus the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is here, and you are here to encounter and experience him. Amen? So God, we just, we just ask for that boldly. Whatever you gotta do, come have your way. Would we encounter you in this place right now? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so my generation, I'm a millennial, and my generation is referred to as the nomadic generation. One of the many um, adjectives that's been placed in front of the word millennial generation, okay? So we're the nomadic generation, and I kind of feel like that's my fault. I really do. Um, I'm being so serious. I counted it last week, and I graduated high school in 2006. Since moving out of my parents' house, I have had, true story, 36 homes, 
36 homes, okay? So I move out of mom and dad's house and uh, go to college at CU in Boulder. And over four years, I have one dorm, one apartment, one basement, and, uh, and five different houses, one in Australia, four in Boulder. Just to clarify, didn't own any of them. I rented and or crashed there for free, okay? Typical millennial, walking around like he rents the place, you know? And then, um, <laughs> yeah. I've got so many of those. Um, you have to come back next week. Um, and then I graduate college and I get my very first ministry internship that paid three thousand uh, dollars for the whole year, <laughs> and not all in money, but like gift cards and <laughs> other perks of the job. And so I, I moved in with a host family for a year, and then after that, me and Ethan packed our whole lives into my Saturn view, and we we drove to Laguna Beach to be youth pastor. In, like interns for a year, which paid $3,000 less than the other internships, so nothing. Uh, but we did get a, a free house to live in on the beach in Laguna with a garage full of surfboards. So I'm not complaining, I'm just saying that was my next home for a year. And then we, uh, me and him and Ryan left for a year to do mission work all over the world and had so many homes. Um, two in January in, in Haiti and then in Belize we had two homes and then in, we moved in with a pastor and his wife in, in Fiji for, for about a month until a literal hurricane uh, destroyed that house and we went and found a different house and then moved in with a pastor in India and then spent some time in Africa, like four different houses, five different hostels, finally got back and I moved in with uh, Ethan's parents in Denver while I looked for a job, finally found one in Boulder and so I moved into an apartment in Boulder for a year until I got another ministry job uh, starting a church called Ascent Church in Northern Colorado and I commuted all the way from Denver so I could live with my best friends in this other house and that's where uh, I actually got married at our time there and so I put some roots down after that. <clears throat> nope, me and Sam moved into our first apartment together for nine months and then her dad's house opened up so we moved there for nine months while we saved for a down payment on our very first condo but the, the morning we were gonna close on that condo, it almost fell through, thank God it didn't but it got pushed back for a few weeks so we spent a few weeks crashing on her grandparents' couches. That was our next home. Finally got the keys to that condo, lived there for two and a half years until this church planting dream kind of started to become a reality. We bought a house in Austin, put our house in Colorado or our condo in Littleton on the market, but it sold way faster than we thought. So we moved in with Sean and Jill Johnson, our bosses for a few months with our one-year-old um, hyper and, and anxious black lab Luna, who was a terror for that whole time until we finally packed our U-Haul and we moved south to Austin and we lived in two different apartments over a four month period while we waited for our house to be finished. And then on October 3rd, 2018, we got the keys and we moved in. We've been there ever since. And I just gotta say, there is no place like home. No place like home. I love that quote, hate that movie, love that quote. Sorry if that offends you. It gave me bad dreams when I was little, okay? So did Willy Wonka. Uh, so did Fantasia, whatever that was. Um, there's no place like home. Um, feeling rooted, feeling grounded, being established is the sensation of being home. I like traveling. I love coming home. There's just something about it. You walk into your home and it's like, this is my bed, you know? As much as hotel rooms are great, this is, this is my bed. This is my toilet, 
You know what I mean? Can we be real in church? Like, I don't gotta wonder whose hair that is or what dude was sitting here 30 seconds before me. It's a true story. Last week in the airport in Denver, uh, we were traveling and uh, I brought my three-year-old into the men's room to go to the bathroom and it was crowded and this guy walks out of one of the stalls. Me and Will walk into it and he has no filter and he talks really loud and, uh, and he says this and I quote, he goes, Daddy, that guy was bad at going potty. <laughs> he had bad aim, Daddy. And the guy could totally hear him and so could everybody else in the bathroom which I loved, and I'm not Mr. Passive Aggressive, but that's my pet peeve. So I said back to Will, just as loud as him, I said, I know, buddy, he didn't think about you or care about you, and he peed all over the seat, and now we have to clean it up so you don't get sick, huh? And I, I promise you, I heard this guy just beeline it out of the bathroom as fast as he could. Yeah, you better get out of here. I'm intimidating, you know? I like traveling. I love coming home. <laughs> like traveling, I was uh, in the airport three nights ago trying to get home and got 19 notifications from United. They're not our sponsors this week. Um, that totaled seven and a half hours of being delayed. I was just like, man, I just wanna, there's no place like home. We need it. Bill Stevens is um, my college pastor and I gave my life to Jesus uh, in 2008, on a Tuesday night, the very first time I ever heard him preach, I still remember the sermon, and uh, he was the very first guy who ever um, called out a ministry calling in my life and noticed that, gave me my very first opportunity, my boss for a few years when I helped him start Ascent Community Church in Superior, Colorado. To this day, he's still the lead pastor at that church. He's one of my good friends, and um, last week, his, uh, his house uh, burned down. And uh, in Colorado last week, there were historically devastating fires. Um, a thousand homes gone. And hey, really quick, can we just take like 15 seconds to, to pray? God, you know the needs, you know the stories. So right now, hundreds of us just come together and echo the same prayer. Would you draw near to the families, to the moms and dads and brothers, sisters and kids who were affected by the fires last week? Like a blanket of peace falling from heaven that is unexplainable, just be with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Bill, um, he texted me a few nights ago and uh, we were kind of just joking back and, back and forth. I feel like that's one of the grief stages is you just kind of laugh at some stuff. And he was saying, I just broke down in aisle seven of Walmart. <laughs> and this lady was next to me. Poor thing, didn't know what to do or how to respond because they were on vacation when it all happened. And they got back and he said, we just, uh, we just went to where our home was and then to Walmart. And I broke down when I, it all clicked for me that we need everything in Walmart. And uh, like our home's gone. And studies, studies show human beings need a place to call home. It doesn't have to be a mansion. It just needs to be like, this is my place that is home. 
And I just wonder if that is true about like my physical body and yours too, that I need a physical home with my bed and my, like that's my butt print on my couch. You know what I mean? Like this is my toilet. Like this is where I, I come home, I, I let down. I don't have to impress anybody. I've got to put on a show here. I'm not trying to earn anything. Like this is just, this is my home. And if that's true about our physical bodies and physical homes, then how much more true is it that our souls need a spiritual home? And I wonder sometimes if the reason or one of the many reasons there's just so much frustration and fear and anxiety and this low-grade anger that just seems to be rising and rising and rising, I wonder if it's not because so many people like they don't have, their souls don't have a place to come home to. And I'm saying that like in Christians too, like maybe, maybe you receive that salvation. God established his salvation into your life, but you're not continuing to establish your life back into his salvation. For that is where everything you're looking for is found in God is where our souls come to go home. What would it look like this year for your soul to get established, that sensation of, of home? Like I'm putting roots down into the promises of God this year. One of my favorite verses, it might just be my verse for 2022, is in Psalm 1. It's verse 3, and, and there's a caveat to this. There really is. This is, hey, if you establish yourself in God then they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each and every season. That sounds so good to me. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in everything that they do. A faith that is fully established is one that is fully grounded and rooted in the promises of God. So you know what's interesting to me about, about plants being metaphorically like you. Like that's, that's one of the Bible's metaphors for you. You're a tree, so congrats, and me too. And human nature is to go to like the, the brown leaves and the parts of us that kind of feel like either dead or dying or needs to be revived or healed or fixed is we, we tend to go straight to the leaves and just try to, try to fix the leaves and spray paint brown leaves green. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's just human nature because this is what we can see and we want fast results and our world elevates image over substance and authenticity. So we think, hey, if I can, if I can just, you know, um, look good enough or be pretty enough or successful enough or get enough people to like me, whatever your enough is, and we all got them, you know what's crazy? You can walk into church and be dying on the inside and somebody says, how you doing? And you go, oh, I am great. Look at my social media post. Can't you tell my new outfit? I am, I'm so good. By the way, this is religion and why it doesn't work. Religion is cleaning up the outside, hoping it's gonna change what's on the inside and it doesn't. A good gardener shows up and, and glances at the leaves and gathers information and then spends all of their time beneath the surface 
at the roots and at the source because what happens here shows up here for better and for worse. I'm so convinced this is why so many resolutions just seem to, to not work out. And I'm a resolution guy, okay? I'm not hating. I love the new year for all of those reasons. But most resolutions are about um, us changing what we do, hoping it's gonna change who we are. And that's just not the flow. It's from your identity that actions come. Who you are determines what you will go and do. So maybe for some of you, like, that's your word. Instead of resolutions about what you're gonna go and do, what about you start praying for some revelations about the man or woman you want to become this year? I am establishing myself. I'm putting roots down into the truth about who God says I am. Not what the world says about me, not what I think about myself correlated to my performance this past week, not what your coach or a teacher or parents said about you, certainly not what the enemy clamors into your, you know, I'm talking about like the truth about who God says you are and putting roots down into the source. I am being established in some truth this year. And then if you're anything like me, um, you've got addictions or habits or dependencies or problems and things that you try so hard to fix and you try so hard to like white knuckle your way out of them and your heart is so good and mine is too. But it's in your power and a lot of times we, we approach like broken leaves and we will we'll put like a Band-Aid on broken leaves. And, and please hear my heart, Band-Aids are wise. And you, like, taking your action steps is just wisdom. It really is. All I'm saying is, I just wonder if you took all the energy, or let's say 90%, you put 10% into your Band-Aids and the action steps. It's like taking ibuprofen when you have a broken leg. It actually is very helpful and effective. It's just not the solution. It's not gonna heal you. Like, I wonder if you, like, yeah, okay, but then take... All of that energy that you're trying to white knuckle yourself better and just put it into loving Jesus more. You start tapping into this divine power, like that river source, that river bank, this living water that is salvation and truth and life and, and healing. And, and maybe even find that, man, that addiction is just beginning to, to melt away and fade away because the, the pain that I was medicating uh, with that addiction is being healed by the divine power my roots are now tapping into. Like, this is God's power over your power. I just wonder if you got established into the promises of God and you took all of your attention from what's happening up here. And I mean, yeah, assess it and gather information. And then we go to the source. We put roots down in the truth of God. And then all of a sudden what happens here shows up in my life. All the, the resolutions I was hoping were gonna change everything that people can see and start turning some brown leaves green actually happens. I mean, this is the system that God has set up. I don't know who needs this, but maybe you traded uh, intimacy with God for just knowledge about him, uh, hoping more knowledge about him is gonna give you what you want, and I'm just, I'm telling you, unless knowledge about God serves to increase your intimacy with God, all it will do is, is puff you up. 
That's what scripture says. And before you know it, you know everything about him, you no longer know him, or you haven't in a while. Man, I'm just, there's people in here, this is your year to fall in love with God again. This is your year to have the joy of your salvation restored and returned to your life because you changed the focus from what's happening above the surface to what's happening beneath the surface. God, I just want, I wanna know you. I wanna experience you. I wanna get established next to this riverbank that is living water and the source of everything I'm looking for. Why? Because bearing fruit in each and every season, everything they do prospers. Psalm 1-3 is a, a promise. It sounds so good to me. The fruit, we all want fruit in our lives. We all wanna to make an impact and have purpose and see it play out in front of us and live part of a story that's bigger than our own. And the fruit of the spirit, that's in Galatians chapter five. Are you kidding me? Things like peace and joy and contentment and, and patience and self-control and like, like whatever synonyms of all of that you want. These are the things every human being is after. I'm convinced that's why we sin. It's not because you're a horrible person. It's because that offers you a counterfeit um, a counterfeit less than substitute of, of one of those fruits for a certain time period. It works until it no longer works and it leaves you empty once again. You can't, like I say this all the time to you, billionaires can't buy the fruit of the spirit. Well, they try to, we all try to. We all try to, let me, let me manufacture some contentment by buying a new car. Let me, like this is the, you know peace, the fruit of the spirit? This is the peace you feel by vegging out. You know what I mean? It's like, I'll go to the spa or, or a vacation, and please, go to the spa. Get your vacation on, absolutely. Um, but we sometimes do those things, and it's our only source of fruit in experiencing those things. When all the while, they are completely free. You cannot buy them, but they are freely received simply by just getting established. I'm putting roots down into the source of all life. And let him fill you with this, this joy and this peace that cannot be taken away. A peace that a pandemic can't rob from you. Contentment that a new house isn't gonna give you, patience and love. I mean, like, because we, we all walk around just trying to like muster like fruit, like more patience and more love. And I'm like, when was the last time you saw an apple tree straining to pop out apples, you know? It's like, no, they just, they just produce apples because that's what they're made to do when they are established and connected to the source. If you've ever been to the Redwood Forest, you stand in front of one of these trees just go, man, that is what it means to be established. This, I'm not going anywhere. So I'm rooted because what's taking place is way more happening beneath the surface. God looks at the heart while the world looks at the surface and the image. God looks at the behind the scenes. God looks at the, the roots. And so I'm just saying, what if this was the year of down in the dirt? If this was the year of getting gritty, of this was the year of, of gathering information from the browning leaves in your life and then taking that information to the source beneath the surface and getting established in the promises of God. Is that making sense? He who is established, she who is rooted in and built up in as we continue to establish our lives into God's salvation. I'm so convinced everything you're looking for 
is actually found in that right here. And that means everything you get to experience up here is, is house money. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take that piece from Netflix and for an afternoon. And it's great because the peace of God, the, this real thing that is not gonna be gone tomorrow, I, like, I have that. It's just flowing through me. Real contentment. So I get this new car, but not because this is my only source of contentment. <laughs> and now it's just like, I, I actually do enjoy it because I don't need it because I've already got my source. And so there's the why, and I wanna spend the rest of this message talking about the how. And I know all of you practical people are like, oh, praise God, <laughs> thank you. Enough with all the vision and the, the big one-liners and uh, the ideas and ideals. Like, tell us what to do. You're gonna love me for the next 10 or 15 minutes, okay? And, uh, and I'll just say to this, I'll say this to you, your God is organized and your God get th gets things done, okay? And God is a God of systems. Systems deliver the vision. You will not rise to the level of your vision. You will fall to the level of your systems. In your life, you won't rise to the level of your dreams this year. You will fall to the level of your decisions and discipline this year. And so what's the how? What's going to deliver this? And at Red Rocks, um, here's what you're gonna hear a lot. And if you've been around already, you already have, you're gonna hear this even more. The how... You become established by filling your life with a steady rhythm of these four kingdom concepts. Experience God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. I'm just so convinced these four kingdom concepts that are thematically featured all throughout scripture in that order, like if you wanna live a good story with your life, and you only get one shot to do that, right? And if you wanna live a good story, you better be filling your life with these kingdom concepts. Now, they're gonna play out different and have different seasonings for all of us. But every human being is made to experience God and find family and discover purpose and make a difference. Today, for the next 10 minutes, we're just gonna talk about experiencing God. Um, but really quick, I'm gonna walk you through because next week is finding family, week three is discovering purpose, and week four is making a difference. And at Red Rocks, we try really hard to give you practical, tangible ways to do all of those things and add those things to your lives. And so experiencing God, that's why we do weekend services. That's why we do Red Rocks Kids. Like your kids right now are over in Red Rocks Kids, and it's not just babysitting. It's leadership development, and they are over there experiencing and encountering God right now. Like, I had 10 years of my life where I just wandered and ran from God as fast as I could, but I always had what Tim Keller calls a little bit of a Jesus haunt, where I knew I had this loving God who was real, who, like, eventually, I'm like, he's real, and I'm coming back. And I had that because I had something like that when I was a kid, and um, I'm just so grateful for all of our leaders and volunteers who are over there doing that, amen? So we can be in here also experiencing God. And we say all the time, come and experience what God thinks about you. If A.W. Tozer is correct when he says the most important thing about you is what you believe about God, then I'll take that a step further and say the second most important thing about you is what you believe God believes about you. So come here and experience that. Don't just hear it. Don't just read it. Experience that he's not mad at you. Experience that he's got more for you. Experience that he's a good God who is patient and has a calling on your life and has unconditional love for you, that you are, you are so much more loved than you ever dared imagine at the very same time that you are more known 
for all of your, your good stuff and more important, your bad stuff than you can imagine and yet loved at the very same time and how transformative that is when you do. Come and experience right now. Like our world is trying to answer the question, what will solve the broken human heart? And what is going to quench this desire, this thirst that all of us have as human beings within us? And we are on a trial and error um, uh, process right now of trying absolutely everything there is to try as a world under the sun and it keeps not working. And I I just believe that's why tensions are rising and frustration and anxiety as we try more and more stuff and and we're starting to have like an uh uh-oh moment. Like none of this is working and there's not much left to try. And I'm here to say like we know the solution and we know the answer. It's not a religion and it's not a concept. It's a person and his name is Jesus. Above any new ad or product that promises to fix you, above any new leader or mindset promising to complete you. There's one answer, it's Jesus. Come, taste and see that he's good. Experience what he thinks about you, amen? Once you do that, find family. And there's all kinds of ways you can, I mean, you can do that in the lobby right after service, right? You can do that in a chat room online. Do that in sports leagues. The main way we do that here is through groups. And February 13th, we're doing our group launch in the lobby. And we just believe real life change happens in relationships, right? That you have to follow Jesus for yourself. You can't follow him by yourself. And your circle, um, statistically, might just be the reason you're still following Jesus or not in five years. I mean, last year, a million young adults brought up in their faith walked away from their faith in our country alone. Number one reason, their circle. You need Christian community. You need it. Do not give up on it. That might be somebody's word because you got a bad experience, and I'm sorry that you did, Um, but I will say this, try again. You actually have to. You have to try again. You You don't give up on food because you had a bad experience with food one night. You can't, because you need it. It's the same way, you need Christian community. So try again, find a group. If you can't find the right group, step up and lead the right group. We need Christian community. And at this church, if you try, you will find family. I'm telling you, this is family worth finding. We're in this together, we need each other, amen? And then number three, discover purpose. Um, We try to create as many avenues as we can um, for, a very, for a wide church with a lot of people to go as deep as you want, if you want, and if you say yes, and use these avenues that we provide. Discover courses is one of those. Grow is the main thing. You heard Ethan talk about that. It happens 12.30 every single Sunday right in here, and it's like a one-hour, really fun experience, very informative, where you just, you learn everything you wanted to know and more about this church and your place within it, where it's come and find out how God made you Find out that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Find out that there's a reason that you're here. I feel like somebody in here needs to hear. There's a reason that you're here, that your life is not a mistake, you're not an accident, you might have surprised mom and dad, you did not surprise the Holy Trinity. And there's a reason that you're here and he wired you for a specific purpose. Even placed you in Austin in 2022 on purpose and for a reason. How much more significance should that give your life? And at Red Rocks, we're so passionate about doing everything we can to help you figure that out and start walking in it if you wanna serve within Red Rocks and help us build this thing, 
being able to serve in the place where at the end of the day you can go, oh, I was built to do this. But we have no business of tasking volunteers. That's not our heart. It's to discover and, and, and develop and deploy, how do you like that, leaders who build this church, but then you walk out of these four walls, even maybe more important, and number four, make a difference, right? This is, why we, this is why we have serve team. This is why we do outreach. This is why we're a generous church. This is why we equip you for the Great Commission. Because you walk out of these four walls and, and you're not just a, a barista at Summer Moon, you're the lead pastor of Summer Moon. Like that's how you should start thinking. You're not just on the eighth floor of Northwestern Mutual to sell insurance. You are, but you're also, there's eternal significance to why you're there. And the more you realize that and live that way, the more alive and awake you'll start to live. And our world needs Christians who are alive and awake. You were made to experience God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference, amen? amen? There's an order though. Experience God comes before any of these other three. It's like 1 John four nineteen. We love others because he first loved us. I can go do because I first received, right? So at the risk of sounding like a loser, my buddy George sent me a math problem recently and I'm gonna put it up on the screen. And... Um, I want you to compute this in your fantastical brain and don't yell it out until I tell you, okay? So look at this problem. Welcome back to eighth grade. Anybody need more time? Just yell, hold up. Hold up, okay, I heard a few. Guys, it's, it's either Laurel or Yanny, I don't know. It's one of them. <laughs> so dumb. Okay. It's gonna give you more time, but I am a very long-winded preacher and we have to go, I'm on a clock. And so I'm gonna to count to three, you yell at your answer. One, two, three. Okay, I heard every number. We are united under no number. Math has really caused a lot of division in our church. I love adding in math puns, it's just so bad. Okay, the correct answer is in fact eight. If you got that, congratulations. Who knows why? PEMDAS, thank you. And just so you know, um, that's not, uh, PEMDAS is not a cuss word. Like I wouldn't just say like, Ethan, stop being such a PEMDAS, like stop. I would say that, but not from stage in a sermon. Maybe, I don't know, but that's not, it's not a cuss word. It is the order of operations and it stands for, please excuse my dear aunt, Sally, and it means in math we do specific operations like multiplication and division before we do other functions like addition and subtraction. And if you got that wrong, it probably just means you were cool in high school. So don't worry and just feel better about yourself, okay? And you're like, why are we doing math? Get back to the word of God, pastor. And I know I'm as mad as you, probably matter, but we have to do this because math and Christianity are very similar. The order matters in both of them. The order matters in both of them. So in Christianity, the moment you put rules in front of relationship, you've lost Christianity. You've lost the heart of God. Like there's a reason Jesus wanted the backstory before Jesus got around to convicting the behavior. That's why here, you can belong here before you believe here. The order matters. And when it comes to those four kingdom concepts, experience God has got to come first. 
It has got to come first. And for that reason, you already heard this from Ethan, but starting tomorrow as a church, we are entering into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And here's what I wanna tell you, because some of you, like right away you got nervous, and I wanna, I wanna challenge you to see nerves as one of the ingredients that goes into the pot called excitement. Or if you just checked out and said, well, that's not, this isn't for me. I'm gonna just tell you, you're wrong. And I'll cite my source, it's Jesus. And I wanna tell you that you can do spiritually challenging stuff. You need to get out of your head that this stuff is for the elite Christians and not me. You can do this. This is for you. And beginning your year this way, here's what fasting is. And by the way, can we put up that QR code and the URL on this page of our website? We have so many resources for you. So you're not just like sending you off to do 21 days in prayer of fasting all by yourself. We're gonna do it together. There's fasting options and different levels and things you can choose from. We got a 21 day PDF Devo that's on our app as well that we're gonna walk through every single day. I gave a sermon a few months ago called Five Reasons Fasting Will Change Your Life. We've got resources for you. We're in this together. I'll point you in that direction to start praying and, and prepping for tomorrow. Um, but here's what fasting is. Going without what you want to tap into what you actually need. And not only with starting 2022, like imagine how honoring that is for God, but also just, man, I'm gonna give up something I want. You'll be so shocked when you go without something you want. I mean, that's like, Revelation on sacred steroids, how fast you start to tap into what you actually need to get established in, in 2022, because I really do believe this could be your best year if spiritually you establish it in the best way. This will change the trajectory of the rest of your year. So I wanna challenge you, this is for you. Join in. Don't get legalistic about it. This is not an obligation. This is one of the coolest invitations that there is to tap into the, the river source, this living water, the promises of God, the blessings of God, the truth of God, his salvation, everything your soul is actually looking for to come home. Imagine if you started January like that, what that would set you up for to experience up here for the rest of the year. We're gonna experience God this January. And I just, I'm gonna finish with this short story from scripture that is becoming one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's in Matthew 17, it's called the, the Transfiguration, the Mount of Transfiguration. And Jesus is, uh, he's got his boys, Peter, James, and John, his best buddies. And he invites them to come along. And the Bible says they hike up a high mountain. And I love that adjective that Matthew just decided to throw that word in there, a high mountain. Um, they're about to have an experience. So I'll tell you if, you, if you want some mountaintop experiences this year, uh, you might have to hike up some mountains this year. Here's your very first opportunity, 21 days of prayer and fasting. So they get to the top of this mountain and I love Jesus doesn't even give him a heads up. <laughs> like it'd be nice if you just kind of 
gave a little trailer or foreshadowing as to what was about to go down because Jesus, all of a sudden, scripture says he just gets transfigured, meaning his whole appearance changed and his body just started to glow and radiate the glory of God right in front of these guys. And then all of a sudden, Moses is there from the Old Testament. And then all of a sudden, Elijah's there. You're like, why those guys? Well, Moses represents the law. He's the receiver of the law. And Elijah represents the prophets, both the law and the prophets. If you read this in a Jewish context, pointed forward to the coming of a Jewish Messiah. That is Jesus. And he's about to show us that he came to fulfill both the law and the prophets. And these three guys are standing there. And I love Peter just decides now's the time to speak up. I'll say something. <laughs> and he goes, Lord, so lucky that we're here right now. Let me tell you why, Jesus. Because we got the Messiah and then the most legendary prophet of all time. And then Moses, the receiver of the law. And then I'm a fisherman and I know how to build some stuff. And I'm going to build you guys some shelters. I'm going to build you some huts. Don't worry, Elijah. You're getting one too. I'm not leaving you out. I am, I'm going to build you guys some huts, and then all of a sudden, God the Father, not God the Son, God the Father sends a fog to envelop and cover Peter, James, and John. <laughs> this is the equivalent, if my little guy Will like, just won't stop talking at the dinner table, and I took my jacket and just threw it on him. Shh. Come on, buddy. Just, I love you. Be quiet. I mean, this is... This is crazy. God the Father going, Peter, I love you so much, buddy. Shut up. <laughs> and he, he talks. And in the Synoptic Gospels, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, God only talks to humans twice at Jesus' baptism and on this mountain and says the same thing both times. This is my son. I love him. Listen to him listen to him and then the fog disappears and it's just Peter with James and John and James looks at him and goes Peter you idiot and then Moses and Elijah are gone because Jesus was the fulfiller of the entire Old Testament the Old Testament is not about the Old Testament the Old Testament points forward to the Messiah who would come and fulfill thousands of prophecies and establish a new covenant in a new era called grace that we get the privilege of being alive in. And so here's my question. Why were Peter, James, and John there? For real though. Why are those guys even there? To say something? No. To build something? No. To do? No. They tried to and God stopped them. They were there for one reason, to experience, to encounter, to listen, to watch, to witness, to see. And the exact same question could be asked about you and about me. Why are any of us here, you guys? Why are you included in God's story? To do, to say, to speak up, so let's get going. I mean, I think Jesus was telling these guys, hey, we're gonna come down off of this mountain and we're gonna go build the church. 
We're gonna go make a difference and live out some purpose, 100%. But right now, first things first, we're here to witness and experience and get established so when we come down off of this mountain, we're full and have something to give. We're established and tapped into the source that is life. So we actually live lives that are effective. The number one reason you're here on this planet is to experience God, that's it. There's not even like a requirement to go and do the other things after. That's kind of like a natural outcome of what you go and do now that you just, you've been sitting with God, experiencing him. This is where transformation happens, right? So we assume the role of Peter, James, and John. And that's what we're gonna do this January. Just experience, just encounter. And all the things that come with it, finding out firsthand how loved you are unconditionally and how known you are for all of your stuff at the exact same time. Finding out firsthand about the calling and the plans and the the great forethought put into making you and finding out firsthand that shame is a waste of your time and from hell, not from God. Finding out firsthand, oh my gosh, so that we can then assume the role of Moses, I believe. Because Moses also had another mountaintop experience in Exodus chapter 34. I told you he was the receiver of the law. On top of Mount Sinai, Moses encountered God in a big way, received the law, came down the mountain, and and, and scripture records his face was glowing. Not because he just exfoliated, but because he was just in the presence of the glory of God. But here's the one big difference. Moses was glowing and shining from without. Jesus was glowing and radiating from within. Moses was reflecting the glory of God. Jesus came and proved once and for all, I am the glory of God. Notice what God says, the father about his son. This is my son. I have put all of me into him. I love him, the fullness of my glory. You wanna know my my heart, what it beats for? You wanna know my character, what I'm all about? Look at Jesus, experience Jesus. Stop what you're doing and watch and listen to Jesus so that you come down the mountain like Moses, having just beheld the light of the world that is Jesus. And the more you do that, the more we begin to reflect his light to the rest of the world. And we say, hey, show up here and experience what God thinks about you. And our friends and our families and coworkers absolutely do. The cool thing is in this new era Jesus came to establish, the presence of God is not just in buildings anymore, but in all of us also. So when you leave here, you bring it with you. And you walk out of here after an experience, the more you become established in God. You know, like people walk into a room and you can just feel something in their spirit. Like that person, that person like knows Jesus. That person was just with him. And then you walk out of here and you bring that into your your apartment or your place of work. And and now your coworkers are experiencing God by reading the Bible that is your life. They don't even have to come here to do that. The more we behold the light of the world, the more we reflect his light to the rest of the world. Amen? Would you guys stand up? So here is just 
For the next 10 minutes of worship, I just want us to experience God. That's it, that's been my only prayer for this. Um, before we get doing and going this year, what if we did some slowing and beholding before we did anything else? We're about to sing a song called Make Way. It was a song featured at the end of the film we showed online last week. Make way, the king has arrived. The kingdom of light is here. Come and just simply behold him. Get established, put roots down in him. Find your soul coming home. I feel like so many of us have nomadic souls, even though we were saved on the way to heaven and, and just feel so nomadic. Just the invitation, regardless of where you find yourself on the planet, is for your soul to be home. Rooted, planted, and established. And you guys know me, I am not a um, doomsday guy. I am the opposite of that. Um, I got my stuff. Um, pessimism's not one of them. Um, I believe the best is, is yet to come. I believe it's gonna be an awesome year. I really, really do. Um, not because things out there will get easier. And that's what I feel pressed to tell you. But you don't gotta wait for things out there to get easier, for you to get better, for you to get established, for you to see fruit in your life, for you to, I just, I feel like there's such like a pause that happened. Um, and that's, a, that's a, a, you know, a generic statement, so forgive me for that. I'm not talking individuals here. I just sense this, like a pause of, gotta wait for a, a green light from the world for us to come down off the mountain and build the church and go be Jesus and, and go be a light. And I just, guys, I don't know about you, but I just, like, I gotta go this year. <laughs> gotta go and, and, and be this. Like, there's a, we have a gospel to preach. We got people to reach, man. We got a church to build. And so what if we got established this January to get ready for everything God wanted to do? Does that sound good? So Jesus, we love you. I just pray that you're speaking to every person here individually in the exact way that they need to. And if I've said anything that um, needs to just fall to the ground, would you cause that to happen? Um, but whatever needs to stick and get planted, I pray that it would get planted deep. I pray that as we sing truth over the next 10 minutes that you'd water it and something would start to grow. Or that we'd start to feel like we're putting roots down into our ultimate source for whatever happens here shows up in our lives for better or for worse. So would everybody just feel and experience roots going down into your promises and this sensation of, I'm coming home, regardless of weather. These trees don't just survive, they get better. Like a forest of redwood trees, so just established, our faith ain't going anywhere. We are here and we're not going anywhere. In Jesus' name.